to the first edition of the Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast for 2018. Uh, we're entering our fourth year yes. of doing this show. Which is insane. It is insane. But the big and question... only 30-odd episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, we've kind of slacked a little bit. But yeah. the, big, the big question is, yeah. four years in now, yeah. why are we not a bigger deal? I know. And... We are recommitting ourselves yeah. to two geeks a little bit in 2018. Make an effort. Yeah, well, the, the shambolic nature of the show... Well, that's the heart of the show. That will always remain. Yeah. But we are looking to be a bit more uh, professional. Yeah. We had a we had a production meeting in a pub, yeah. but, but still. Yeah. Uh, we planned out recording dates, release dates. Beers. Uh, for this particular episode, we selected a beer ahead of time. Actually I, ordered one. I ordered it ahead yeah. of time, rather than just... Picking up go to Tesco and what we could find we in the yeah. in the offy an hour before recording. I went. I had to go and pick it up. I picked it up, <laughs> only to find that it is not actually a beer. <laughs> well, um, I'm excited about it, but this. it is it is a cider, so it's still booze. Uh, so we can work with it. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's really nice. So we are drinking uh, Hunter's Gold mm. um, because this episode is all about not uh, Relic Hunter, mm. as someone <laughs> guessed on Twitter, but Predator, yes. the 1987 action classic, and the resulting franchise. So uh, let's watch the trailer to kick things off. We are rescue team, not assassins. Now, what are we gotta do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean, we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here, you're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jet. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He was skinned alive! It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all gonna die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. 
presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere. Now, it sees the heat of our bodies, fine. It sees the heat of our fear. That's <laughs> nonsense. But yeah, That's not a skill he's got. <laughs> but appropriately enough, these cans of Hunter's Gold, they say bring the heat yeah. on them. And there's some, the heat. Of, there's some sort of uh, competition it's running called Heat Seekers, which nice. is even better. So, very nice. If someone ever asked me what my favourite film is, <laughs> mm. I'd probably lie and say that it's Citizen Kane Goodfellas or The Shawshank Redemption yeah, which are great movies <clears throat> but if I am totally honest with myself the film I love and enjoy the most is Predator yeah. uh, I first watched the film I was over at my friend uh, Alan's house and I was way too young uh, but Alan was kind of like a tough kid uh, well, Alan's a, as a, as a old fashioned name for a kid I feel like no kids are called Alan it's like, you earn that when it's you're like, like in your 30s <laughs> it's true actually. it's like yeah it's like, it's like Bert you know what baby Bert like Alan yeah he was a kid called Alan and he did like karate and his family kept geese nice. so he, he was a bit rough and tumble yeah and so he put on uh, Predator and even as a kid who was way too young I was loving it and then I remember my dad uh, came to pick me up and he was angry that I was watching an 18 and he took me home before I could watch the end. And it was just what? as the Predator was about to oh. remove his mask and reveal his true face. That's the whole point of the film. And in those days, you couldn't just like Google image no. search or, or look the clip up on YouTube. So I, I had no idea what the Predator looked like for years. Wait. Well, I think, I think, I was trying to remember this, and I think I saw like a bust of his face <laughs> at, when I went to Universal Studios in Florida when I was like 16, so like eight years later. <laughs> he didn't like rent it from Blockbuster. Or Ritz, whatever it well, was. Well, 2018. Oh, yeah. Alan. He, Alan had it taped off like, the Your telly. Super cool mate, Alan. <laughs> my rough and tumble mate, Alan. Oh. So I couldn't watch it. And then, Bad influence. And then my parents were onto me, so it was like, no, you definitely can't watch 18s, you can't watch Predator. So I got spoilers of what oh. the Predator looked like eight years later. See, films were actually 18s back then. Doesn't exist now. You have to be a, you have to go really far to be an eighteen at cinemas now. You do because most like films of this ilk, they'll they'll tweak it so it can be a fifteen at yeah, least. Yeah, and you'll to make more money. Yeah, we'll get onto that. Um, but I, I really, I really got into the movie uh, when it came out on DVD in two thousand and four. Uh, so I would have been about seventeen at the time. And I remember I read a, a five star review of the DVD release in Empire or Total Film or, or one of the magazines. And up until then, I'd sort of dismissed Predator as one of Arnie's sillier movies. Yeah. I don't know why, but I had this idea of it. And I thought it was equivalent to like a Commando or yeah. an Eraser. Um, <laughs> but this review convinced me to go out and buy the DVD. And I just fell in love instantly. I remember I watched the film and then immediately watched all the special features and the commentaries. I yeah. just I loved it. What's your connection with Predator? Yeah. We should do that bit. Yeah, uh, well, it's a weird one because like on paper, you know... As a kid, I, I watched quite a few Arnie films, even mm. though I probably shouldn't have been. Like Total Recall, I loved that. Yeah. I was far too young. Naughty Treats. Yeah, Terminator films, even like, what was it, Last Action Hero and all that. Underrated. And for some reason, this just totally passed me by. It didn't ever come up. It, I just didn't ever see it. And I think as time went on, I just thought, ah, oh, it's just a silly yeah. action movie or whatever. Yeah. I, didn't even, I don't think I even realised he was in it, really. Right. And then it was only like five, six years ago, mm. maybe, that um, someone lent me a DVD of it because they were going on about it like you do. And uh, <laughs> I watched it. I was like, yeah, it's really good. And then I watched it again with you. Mm. And then we watched it again at the cinema recently. Yeah. 
because um, it was released. It was it was uh, on the big screen of the yeah. Prince Charles Cinema in London. So that was good. Oh, that was amazing. But they, they, I've only seen it three times. Those three times. Right. But really enjoyed it. It's great, and I think it's interesting what you said about not even knowing Arnie was in it. I think it's one of the rare franchises with Arnie in mm. that is still somehow bigger than Arnie. Yeah. Because Terminator is so tied to Arnie when they yeah. try and make Terminator films without Arnie. Doesn't, it's not about Arnie really though, this film. It's not. Well, it's not. But he is the lead. He's the main character. But he's badass in it. But he, he's sort of weirdly takes a sort of backseat. Well, he's, he's the lead character. It's well. something he wanted to do. He didn't want to be like a one-man army in it. He mm. wanted to be part of a team. Because he's saying like, I wanted it to be part of a team like the <laughs> Wild Bunch, the Magnificent Seven, yeah. where it's a bunch of guys. And he wanted he wanted that feel to it. Yeah. And then obviously the franchise has gone on, and he's not been in later films which we will get into yeah. uh, and so it feels like Predator is kind of bigger than Arnie so it's not just an Arnie movie but it, so it was released um, June the 12th uh, 1987 and in case you don't know Predator stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the leader of an elite special forces team which is on a mission to rescue hostages from guerrilla hell territory in Valverde in Central America's uh, Northern Triangle uh, so it was written by Jim Thomas and his brother John Thomas <laughs> um, under the working title of Hunter hence okay. Hunter's Gold yeah, cheers, cheers. Uh, following the release of Rocky 4 mm. which have you seen Rocky 4 you know I haven't seen any of the Rocky movies uh, yeah but I forget I, every time you tell me that I think I <laughs> I've not, it I've not seen any Rocky movie Rocky 4 is not the best one because the best one is obviously Rocky but Rocky 4 is the most enjoyable <laughs> it's the most ludicrous it's the one where he he fights uh, Mr. T no that's Rocky 3 oh, right. which is also good no 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 this one he fights Dolph Lundgren oh, right. and uh, sort of ends the Cold War <laughs> single hand well more quadruple handedly <laughs> quadruple handedly yeah well all four of their hands all their, their fists have ended the cold war oh right okay I was like Stallone, four arms Stallone freaky fucking version of Rocky 4 are you watching okay so um, following the release of Rocky 4 which also starred Carl Weathers yeah um, a joke circulated in Hollywood that since Rocky Balboa had sort of run out of decent opponents who could take him on that's behind that would that would be amazing. No, he would have to fight an alien. If a if a fifth film were made, it was like, oh, who else is he going to fight? It's going to have to be sci-fi. That's the only sort it's of route available to it. Same Fast and Furious to be in space for the next film. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the screenwriters Jim and John Thomas <laughs> took inspiration from the joke and wrote a screenplay based on it. Filming began in uh, April 1986. Now, I was lucky enough to get to meet and interview one of the uh, stars of the film. The great, the iconic Carl Weathers. Uh, almost what a man. Almost like, a year ago now. It's a proper, proper man. Bear. <laughs> this, was, this interview was almost a year ago in uh, March of 2017. And I got to ask him about the experience of filming Predator. I mean, looking back now, what are your kind of abiding memories of being in, that, in those jungles in, in Mexico? <laughs> More fun than anything else. Uh, 30 years ago, when uh, I was 30 years younger, mm and could run around and do all kinds of things and mm. get up the next morning and do it all over again mm. and not really feel it. Uh, but we had a great time. It was a great group of guys, crazy guys, in the jungle, drinking uh, really good drinks at night, smoking big cigars during the day, uh, just you know, having fun, just having fun, making a movie that we were all enjoying making, uh, getting pumped up every day, you know, pumping iron. Crazy, crazy guy. I still go back to that, though. Crazy guys. Yeah. A surreal moment in my life, being sat opposite Carl Weathers, mm -hmm. and him just talking about yeah. filming Predator, my favourite movie of all time. 
crazy, crazy guys, crazy guys. Like, did oh. you feel like such a lucky little boy? Sometimes we feel like that anyway. But like to be in front of uh, a guy like that, yeah, who's just his his pecs are ripping out of his shirt. <laughs> Even at his but, age, a button hits you in the head. <laughs> and I am I am lucky enough in my job that I have interviewed quite a few famous yeah. people. But there's certain people where. I start feeling a little bit dizzy when I'm looking them in the eye because yeah. I think my brain can't quite compute that I'm opposite them and yeah. my brain thinks I'm like hallucinating and it, oh, I feel have a bit we, dizzy. On two weeks before, have we told the story of that guy who tried to take a selfie of Arnie and and, and um, panicked a bit? Do you remember that? It was a, no? it was, you were at a junket or, or a screening or something. Oh, it wasn't me. It was, a, it was a friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, what did he do? He, he sort of tried to... He, he tried, <laughs> no, no, he took, he took a selfie with Arnie. He'd interviewed Arnie and then he took a selfie with him. But... As I would be. Yeah, I would be. He, I wouldn't even have the nerve to ask. No, he was like he was like shaking, taking the selfie, and then he was a little blurry photo of him and Arnie because his arm was shaking. It's Arnie. I would have given the phone to Arnie to do it. Then he'd <laughs> break the phone or something. So the plot of Predator: uh, Major Dutch Schaefer and his special forces team, the medic Mac, the tracker Billy, the gunner Blaine, explosives expert Poncho and radio operator Hawkins. <laughs> oh, what I like about all those characters' names, they sound like what you would make up when you're like 12. Yeah. You're make, making up like your Dutch Mac. <laughs> Blaine Poncho. Poncho. Uh, they are tasked by the CIA with rescuing an official held hostage by insurgents. Uh, CIA agent Dylan, a former commando and an old friend of Dutch, is assigned to supervise the team despite Dutch's objections. Now him and, him and Dutch are old friends and they reunite, of course, in one of the film's yeah. most iconic moments. Which you can't see. <laughs> but you can hear it. So why don't you use the regular army? What do you need us for? Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan! You son of a bitch. What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You never did know in the quid, huh? Damn good to see you, Dutch. What is this fucking tie business? Oh, come on, forget about my tie, man. Okay, yes, you couldn't see. <laughs> Uh, Arnie and Carl Weathers' incredible bulging biceps, but you can just hear their hands meeting like a thunderclap. We'll, we'll, all right, we'll do it. Watch the elbow. All right. That wasn't bad. That's pretty good. That wasn't bad. I mean, nothing. Yeah. Why are they all greased? What? Why is he? Why is Arnie's arm so greasy and oiled up? Just constantly. He's, he's even got out yet? He's just gone to the bar. <laughs> it's constantly baby oil, baby oiled up. <laughs> I also like the diss. The, the sort of lameness of the disc. What is this fucking Thai business? He's like, what can I? He's looking. He's like, what can I? Well, he's a pretty buff. He's really cool. He's a pretty uh, cool buff dude. Tie Carl Weathers. You're wearing a tie. What is this fucking Thai business? It's pretty weak, as jives go. <laughs> uh, so the team uh, discover the skinned corpses of a previous special forces team uh, in the jungle, led by one Jim Hopper. Now, oh, yeah, is that on purpose? Well, exactly. So that is the same name as the character yeah. played by David Harbour in Stranger Things. Now, uh, the Duffer brothers who made Stranger Things, they've they never... Love the 80s, don't they? Well, they? Exactly. I've never seen any official comment as to whether or not that is a reference mm. to Predator, but given how kind of 80s... We'll pretend it is. ...crazy it is, yeah. let's say it's a Predator reference. Yeah. I talked to a big buy ex-employee who said some little girl shattered the door with her mind. I heard that story. Did you hear the one about the fat man with the beard who climbs down chimneys? Dutch's team reached the insurgent camp and uh, kill the soldiers. 
including a Soviet intelligence officer searching through secret CIA documents. Confronted by Dutch, Dylan admits the mission was a setup to retrieve intelligence from captured operatives. After capturing a gorilla named Anna, the unit proceeds to extraction, unaware that it is being tracked with thermal imaging by an unseen observer. Uh, the team are picked off one by one by the alien hunter, the Predator. And when Blaine is killed, an enraged Mac initiates a firefight which fails to draw the creature out. Now, do you know, do you know, do you know the bit I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. It's all kind but, of nasty. This is yeah, but this is the moment where Mac yeah. mows down yeah. most of the <gasps> rainforest. Men. <laughs> occurs to me with each new clip I play <laughs> that Predator is quite a visual movie yeah. that was just a lot of noise yeah sort of uh, faded that out a bit after do, a while do you but, listeners uh, yeah I mean just carnage just, just oh. more guns than you could ever possibly just need just war it's fantastic <laughs> second time we've used that clip in the right. two episodes <laughs> uh, so they fail to draw the Predator out there's a great line uh, where after all that mayhem Poncho emerges and says no blood no bodies we hit nothing <laughs> But the predator is wounded. Now Dutch knows the creature is fallible and delivers his famous line, If it bleeds, we can kill it. When the big man was killed, you must have wounded it. Its blood was on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. More of his team fall, and finally only Dutch is left to take the monster down. Dutch realises the creature does not target unarmed prey because there is sport. no sport in it. Uh. Which, the how it should have ended, guys, uh, they did pick up on that particular plot hold. Come on! No! Leave it! He didn't kill you because you were unarmed! There's no sport in it. Wait, if that thing's killing us because we're all armed, then what the heck are we carrying all these guns for? That is a... An excellent question! Quick! Everybody throw down your weapons! Ah, no thanks. Yeah, you keep it. Get to the chopper. <laughs> so true. It only just occurred to me as well. I was like, yeah. why, why bother? Right. Yeah. It's a pretty big plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> While the creature collects uh, trophies from the bodies it's already killed, uh, Dutch crafts traps and weapons, and then lures the creature in with a war cry. Now, a lot of debate. Wow, between me and my mates, mm. as to what is the manliest moment in Predator. Uh-huh. Is it? That arm wrestle is in that moment where they mow down an entire rainforest. For me, it's this moment. It's Arnie's guttural, (laughs) raging war cry. 
It's the Arnie version of come and have a go if you think yeah. you're hard enough. Come on, then, son. <laughs> it's Arnie at his, at his peak. Yeah. At his masculine peak. Yeah. All covered in mud. <laughs> so, acknowledging uh, Dutch as a worthy foe, the Predator discards its plasma weapon and its mask, uh, leading to another famous quote, you're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> and it engages him in uh, hand-to-hand combat. Having failed to lure the creature into his first trap, come on, kill me, do it now! Dutch is able to crush the creature under another trap's counterweight. Dying, the predator activates a self-destruct device. Dutch takes cover just before the self-destruct device explodes in a mushroom cloud, somehow surviving what appears to be a nuclear explosion. Oh, I don't know about it. It's a 24 rule, isn't it? What? The Jack Bauer rule. <laughs> Drive around the nuke. <laughs> Can't go this way. The nuke, the, the nuke's here. There's a yeah. You need to go back and listen to our 24 episode where we discuss this in more detail. But basically, in season six, a nuke goes off, and they sort of they they they, they detonate in a nuke in one of the early episodes, and then the writers clearly regret it because yeah. they don't really want to deal with the ramifications of a nuke having gone off in LA. So nuclear holocaust for like ten seasons. There's literally a scene where someone wants to drive down a road, and a, and a policeman says, "Can't go this way, nuke." No, you go, you want to go take around take, the nuke. Take take take, take the this, road on fifth. This the you second go, left. <laughs> you want to you want to take a, a, a right on fifth. You go right around that nuke, <laughs> right around that fallout zone. <laughs> anyway, he's already he survives a nuclear explosion, and he is picked up by his commander, General Phillips, and Anna in the chopper. <laughs> now. <laughs> It's quite a, quite a downbeat ending because yeah, Arnie survived, but only just. He's yeah, beaten to a pulp. He's, he's All his mates are dead. Got PTSD. Yeah, right. However, you think oh, it's quite a, quite a downbeat ending for for you know quite a testosterone fueled you know pumping action movie. However, this is then followed by some amazing end credits in which oh, yes. Arnie and his team all salute and smile and jeer at the camera. It's the perfect. <laughs> pick me up after a slightly downbeat ending well they always do that in films it's so good it's so good yeah. now th- again this won't really translate but Tom I'll just play this for your benefit oh, right. <laughs> now I read uh, an amazing ridiculous theory on the late lamented IMDB message boards ah. uh, I, re- I read this once that because Arnie in that end sequence is the only cast member who doesn't break character all the rest all kind of laugh and or yeah, smile at the camera right. or salute yeah. and Arnie's still like super serious he does yeah. like a big dramatic turn but still in character and there was this theory that Predator was all an elaborate prank played on Arnie who believed the whole thing was real like they all got together and like staged it like it was real and then the next comment under that was why do they call him Dutch? why does Arnie act like he's a soldier? why does he call them all fake names? like it was ludicrous. It wasn't the most solid of theories. It didn't. It didn't hold up to even the most uh. basic of scrutiny. But I quite enjoyed it. I, li- I like the idea. If only it. Was, if only it were true. Uh. There's also another quite dark fan theory about the end of Predator. Right. Which is that the reason Arnie looks so bummed out at the end of the movie is not just because he's lost all his men, but because he's been. He knows he's been exposed to deadly radiation, and he hasn't actually survived his bout with the monster after all. So. Yeah. So that was actually the Predator final ploy was to let off the bomb and Arnie will just die slowly of radiation sickness that's why he never returned but I'm dismissing that because it's mean spirited yeah. and I love Predator and yeah. it's fun and stop, 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 stop it now th- that was me kind of very briefly laying out the plot yeah. however if you prefer your plot recap in the form of rap 
And who doesn't? Yeah, of course. Here's a little piece of magic from Robo Mayhem on YouTube. I love uh, these guys. To get you all caught up. I love these guys. Listen, the helicopter moves into position. Got a mission. A top secret briefing from Dylan. Honey waits in the chopper till his stogie is lit. Dylan! And then he sees Dylan. You son of a bitch. Next, the two chests with an arm wrestling contest. Because some damn fool accused you of being the best. The situation is sinister. Dylan explains what they're doing. There's a cabinet minister in the jungle who needs rescuing. I'm going in with you, bitch. Dylan is to be the chaperone, but Arnie isn't happy. My team always works alone. With tons of camo, the commandos are ready to go. They've got guns and ammo and little Richards on the stereo. The helicopter flies over the jungle terrain. You've got Poncho Mac, Bailey, Hawkins, Dylan, Dutch and Blaine. There's banter back and forth with every man aboard. Blaine says this like George, he's a sexual tyrannosaur. They land in the jungle and their mission begins. They find Hopper's men all hung up in skins. Billy searches through the undergrowth and comes across a trail. They all saddle up and they follow without fail. Blaine takes all painless out the bag and moves into place. Arnie looks through his binoculars, surveys the rebel's base. Packs a truck with C4 and he sets it into motion. Careering towards the rebel's base and causing an explosion. With the truck as a distraction, Arnie's team attack. Catching the rebels off guard before they have a chance to react. The gorillas are all butchered as they fight for survival. The gorillas are all butchered as they fight for survival. Arnie knocks an armed girl out with the butt of his rifle. Superb. Superb wordplay. <laughs> I love how he's just sort of nonchalant about it. Yeah, it's a part So, we should talk about the cast of the movie. Because yeah. it has an incredible ensemble cast. Now, looking this up, I didn't know any of the characters' first names. But they're all... Yeah. on the interwebs apparently they're taken from the original script Scripts, but they're never referenced on screen so Arnie plays uh, Major Alan 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 oh, I didn't think of that you've got to be a butch guy to be Alan I didn't think of that you've got to be a big older guy Alan you Ar- be a 12 year old Arnie has earned Alan <laughs> uh, Ar- Arnie played Major Alan Dutch Schaefer uh, Carl Weathers uh, played the CIA operative George Dillon or there's some debate about it. He's called Al in the novelization, but apparently Another George Alan. in the script. Another Al. So, yeah, actually, that's a good point. They can't, <laughs> that's really poor from the novel. Oh, I'm going to go for George Dillon because yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, They're yeah. both called Al. Weathers was the first and only choice for the part of Dillon. Uh, Weathers said of, of Shooting Predator that the actors would secretly wake up as early as 3am to work out before the day's shooting. <laughs> Weathers also stated that he would act as if his physique was naturally given to him and would only work out after the other actors were nowhere to be seen. So he'd wait until the gym was empty, then like, super work out. And then they'd, he'd come out like, all pumped and they'd be like, Carl, you look great. He's like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. just woke up like this. I just, I just woke up like Carl Weathers invented. I, I woke up like this. He's like... Yeah, it's just my natural look. That's the big deal. Oh, we've been working out loads, Carl. We don't look as good as you. Yeah, like <laughs> I came out the womb looking like this. Terrifying image. <laughs> it's little Carl Weathers, <laughs> but super buff. Uh, it also stars Elpidia Carrillo as Ana Gonzalez. Uh, more on her later. Oh, uh, Bill Duke, who also battled Arnie in Commando as the henchman Cook. See, I only saw him for the first time in Lost because he was. Uh, was he lost? Yeah, he, he in a flashback episode. He right. was Sawyer's like horrible prison guard, and it's the first time I ever saw him. He's he's just a terrifying presence. Terrifying man. Here's a great exchange with Arnie and Commando, which is, uh, <laughs> "You scared motherfucker? You yeah. should be, because this Green Beret's gonna kick your big ass." And then he goes, "I eat Green Berets for breakfast, and right now I'm very hungry." And then like beats him up. Great. <laughs> 
You scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because this Green Beret's going to kick your big ass. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. <laughs> so Bill Duke plays Mac Elliot. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, apparently, Duke improvised his character's habit of constantly shaving in <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, I remember that. Oh, you always shaving. And because we watched it when it was like Super HD, it was yeah. like, it's a, bit, a bit closer. Yeah. Well, the crew had to scramble on set, apparently, to rig up a razor that squirted blood for a scene where an intense Mac cuts himself during a particular sort of yeah, tense yeah, moment. Yeah. But that was, it, that was all improv. Wow. Uh, Richard Chavez, who was a real-life Vietnam veteran, uh, he played Jorge Poncho Ramirez. Billy... You know something. What is it? I'm scared, Pancho. Bullshit. You ain't afraid of no man. There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. And uh, Jesse Ventura played Blaine Cooper. Now, Ventura was a real-life Navy SEAL and professional wrestler. This is almost uh, on uh, Buster Crab levels of multitasking. <laughs> Bunch of slap-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. He was, he was a professional wrestler known as Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> Do you know what he does now? Uh, he hosts... Go yeah. on. Uh, as of September 2017, Jesse is hosting a variety news show called The World According to Jesse. <laughs> No, 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 I'm thinking of, um, <laughs> I was flicking through the channels, you know, late at night, as yeah. you do, and I found this show, this incredible show, called Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, which is hosted by, it's basically like him and a team, and they investigate, you know, conspiracy theories, but in a, in a sort of Jesse Ventura way, so I saw one that was about super soldiers, yeah. and, and this guy, this guy's clearly crazy, he's like, I believe that I was uh, recruited by the American government to be a super soldier, and they did experiments on me, <laughs> and there's like no proof, but Jesse's like... Do you know what? I believe this. He's like, this man's testimony was such that I believe America has a super soldier program. <laughs> I have no proof. Episode. I have no proof of such. But oh my god, the testimony! <laughs> Is it every episode? You know, like the end of Ross Kemp, he always does a bit to camera. Yeah. Uh, saying, um, "Well, everything here is really bad, and it's going to continue to be bad." <laughs> and I feel like at the end of each episode of Conspiracy Theory, Jesse Ventura, Jesse Ventura turns to the camera and goes, I "Believe all that." I believe it all. See you next time. I have no proof for such. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was hosted. It was hosted. It was hosted by Jesse Ventura. One of his team was June Sarpong. June Sarpong. <laughs> and, like, and there was these weird scenes of him uh. teaming up with June Sarpong and Oliver Stone's son, Sean Stone, who looks like you know in like nineties. Um, Team shows where there's always like the yeah. cool one who's like yeah. a, bit of a, a bit of a ladies' man, like a diagnosis murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His he's, son, he's, Barry Van Dyke. He's the Barry Van Dyke of conspiracy <laughs> theory, Jesse Ventura, and he's and he, Sean Stone just sounds like a name that you would oh, give that kind of character. God. Sean Stone, he's the ladies' man. Jin Sapong, so she was like a presenter over here on T4 this Saturday morning, like breakfast show, sort yeah. of for kids. Yeah, and now she's doing that. I'm sure she's. I'm sure she's moved on <laughs> since. But he was like. A British journalist, June Sarpong, teaming up with me, Jesse Ventura, to solve mysteries. And I was like, am I high? Someone slipped something in my drink. <laughs> it's like one of those uh, fake programs you see on Rick and Morty where they turn the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. you guys are telling me that humans turn into lizards? Jesse Ventura takes on a conspiracy from another dimension. I come from the world of pro wrestling. I've seen it all, and I've never seen any six-foot-tall walking on two legs lizard. Can it be true? They came to Earth and interbred with humans. 
are some world leaders. Whoa, what the hell? Shape-shifting reptiles from another dimension? This is Obama. Jesse and his team head out to find the facts behind the mystery. Reptilians occupy under the ground. We occupy above the ground. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> According to IMDb, Arnie recommended Jesse Ventura for Blaine after yeah. interviewing him for the role, and I, I, I like his reasoning for this. Apparently, this is according to IMDb. He thought he looked the part, was big enough, had a deep voice, and was manly. <laughs> manly. It's like, I like the idea that someone had all those qualities but wasn't manly. <laughs> yeah, he's big, he's got a deep voice. Is he manly? Eh! <laughs> but I was like, he's, so who's this guy? Oh, he knows, he knows a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, the Navy SEAL. Can he act? <laughs> He's manly. That's, that's, that's all you Don't need. Worry about it. No worry about it. Arnie's been doing it. <laughs> now, sidebar, sidebar, because mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of move away from the cast for a little bit, just Ooh. to talk about something specifically related to the character of Blaine. Okay. So the character of Blaine is known for using uh, old painless, which is a handheld M. No, gun nuts are probably gonna. Yeah. Is it, is it M134, M134? Anyway, it's a handheld minigun. Okay. Uh, custom built for the film. Now these weapons are supposed to be strapped onto helicopters and aircraft. You know, you know, when you see like a helicopter with like a, a huge mini yeah. on the of it, not meant to be carried by a man. But he's manly, so he's a man mountain. Yeah, he's he, manly. Is, he is manly as, as previously established. Um, the, the weapon was fitted with the handguard assembly from a full size M60 machine gun. A special harness was also created, transferring much of the weapon's considerable weight to Jesse Ventura's shoulders. Uh, the weapon also had its fire rate drastically reduced. Now you see what it's like when it goes off. Yeah. Drastically reduced from 6,000 rounds per minute to 1,250 rounds per minute, uh, partly to make the recoil manageable for Ventura, partly to conserve ammunition. Even at the reduced rate, the ammo canister linked to the gun could only hold four to six seconds of usable ammunition. So those moments where they just let rip are, are nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And also it was slowed down uh, to make the weapon's rotating barrels visible on screen. At the full rate of fire, the barrels appear to be stationary because they're moving uh, so fast that they, they spin faster than the frame rate of the cameras. Again, I, I've copied and pasted this from a, a, a fan wiki, but we, we love finding uh, fan wikis with particularly sort of shitty tones. Yeah, yeah. Where, and this is, this is one. Despite being one of the more memorable aspects of Predator, in reality the concept of a handheld minigun is completely unrealistic. <laughs> it is simply impossible for a man to carry enough ammunition to give it anything like a reasonable duration of firing. Furthermore, when factoring in the additional weight of batteries that would need to be carried, the weapon becomes even less practical. Most notably, when Mac opens with the, <laughs> opens with the weapon on the Jungle Hunter, he fires continuously for almost a minute. Not only would it be physically impossible for a man to carry the requisite amount of ammunition for such a long period of firing, but there should also be thousands of empty shell casings lying on the floor afterwards. That's a fair point. But... Yeah, I mean, really unrealistic, realistic, you know, because like an, an alien who camouflages himself with dreadlocks and and yeah, but the gun, wearing a hockey mask—that's totally fine. But the gun's too big. The gun is. Too, the gun is too big. The gun is too big. Yeah. Uh, the ammunition box attached to the minigun apparently is also nowhere near large enough to contain sufficient ammo. Well, that was that was a given. For what is shown in the scene. End of sidebar. Back cool. to the cast. <laughs> so next up, you've got uh, Sonny Landham mm. as Billy Soul. What is it? Billy. What the hell is wrong with you? There's something in those trees. Cool story about him. Uh, is, is it a cool story? It's a story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the studio's insurance company would apparently not agree to insure the production unless a bodyguard 
was hired for Landon. Not to protect him, but for the sole purpose of protecting people from him. So the bodyguard followed him around everywhere oh. to make sure he didn't kill anyone. Just basically. But again, this sounds like they didn't they didn't get like it was like, we're the best actors for this part. It's like who are the hardest nuts we can get? Who like get some proper hard nuts? Like dangerous guys. They just got some dangerous guys. Um, and, yeah. then, and they also got uh, Shane Black as Rick Hawkins. So Shane Black uh, was not really an actor. He was actually a, a screenwriter. Uh, but producer Joel Silver wanted Black, who was writing Lethal Weapon at yeah. the time. He wanted him close to him to review the script. Uh, so he just gave him what he thought was like a you know a minor part in, in the film. Uh, Black spent his free time on the set writing the screenplay for The Last Boy Scout, the Bruce Willis movie. Uh, Black also wrote uh, Last Action Hero Long Kiss Goodnight and after making his directorial debut with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in 2005 he went on to direct and write Iron Man 3 and The Nice Guys doing alright for himself he's doing alright he's doing alright for himself can we we briefly mention with with Billy his rubbish death Mm. because he's like awesome in this film he's like really cool and slick and if there's anyone I want to trust put my trust in it would be Billy <laughs> if you were going to pick one of the team yeah. to protect you and then he he goes down he, he sort of goes down in, in a a blaze, blaze of, glory. of glory but we don't see it mm. and all we hear is his like pathetic scream in the background mm. if, if people go on about Boba Fett having a bad time <laughs> when he ended justice for Billy justice for Billy hashtag yeah. hashtag justice for Billy <laughs> hashtag two geeks hashtag justice for Billy uh, I think as well it's kind of hard to tell with the heat vision but I think the Predator sneaks up behind him mm. like a little bitch. <laughs> so that's why he, like Billy didn't have a fair oh. shot at it. Uh, back- Billy, don't be a hero. <laughs> so back to Black. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, apparently Shane Black came up with the coarse jokes that Hawkins tells in the film. Uh, apparently much to the chagrin of the Thomas brothers who wrote the script, they did not like those jokes. Billy! The other day... I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her, Jace, you got a big pussy. Jace, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. See, it's because of the echo. With... <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny joke. That was a, that was a manly laugh right there. <laughs> uh, now, do you know... <laughs> Who was originally cast as the Predator? Originally cast? Originally cast. The guy who played Lurch. No. <laughs> a bit too old. Strong, strong guess. No. no. Chewbacca. No, not, no. Uh, no, no, not Chewbacca. No. JCVD. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, I wouldn't think he'd be tall enough. Wow. <laughs> he wasn't. Simple answer to that. He wasn't. Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally cast as the Predator... The idea being that, being an action star, he could use his martial arts skills yeah. to make the Predator an agile ninja-esque hunter. And kicking. Lots, <laughs> lots of kicking. You could kick, you could kick lots of people. He does a roundhouse <laughs> kicks. Uh, however, when compared to Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, uh, Jesse Ventura, actors known for being, you yeah. know, brick shithouses, yeah. uh, it became apparent that a more physically imposing man was needed to make the creature appear threatening because JCBD's not actually that. Yeah. Like I wouldn't mess with. I mean, him. I'd I'd love to be his height. I mean, he would, t- he would tower over you, yeah. but that's a lo- that's so a- Shane Black. So. <laughs> that's a low bar, literally. <laughs> uh, Van Damme was removed from the film and replaced by Kevin Peter Hall, who was a seven foot two inch actor 
who uh, also has a cameo at the end of the film as the chopper pilot. Ah. Uh, and also played the title character of Harry in the oh. film and television series Harry and Henderson. Yeah, he died young, didn't he? He did, sadly. So AIDS back in 91. KPH. Cheers. Cheers. Um, apparently, uh, someone else almost played the Predator. <laughs> A worse actor than JCVD. Um, Chuck Norris. <laughs> no. Why, Chuck Norris? <laughs> Deeply offended. Deeply offended. All right, fine. If you want to slag off Chuck Norris, don't come to me when Chuck comes for you. Uh, no, an attempt was made to get shots of the Predator swinging from tree to tree because they wanted, you know, he's in the tr- he's in the trees. Jackie Chan. No. They tried to use a monkey in a red special effects suit. <laughs> this is a Carl Pilkington story. So there's this monkey, right? And uh, However, the monkey kept removing the suit because, you know, it's a fucking monkey. <laughs> and the idea was abandoned. So that didn't work out. And this, I found, I found, I'm amazed I didn't know this. I found out this. Every day's a school day, I found this out researching this episode. Do you know who provided the voice of the Predator? So his growls and the t- few times he does speak and the kind of... The noises he makes I do only because I've just seen oh, well, alright <laughs> I didn't the internet ruins everything <laughs> so it was you listeners don't know Tom's, Tom's ruined my big uh, my big reveal yeah. it was uh, Peter Cullen yeah. who because he wasn't credited for the role which is why I didn't know this but Peter Cullen is uh, it says here perhaps best known he, definitely, best, definitely best known he's not known for this he's not even credited uh, he, was, he was best known as or is best known as the voice of Optimus Prime uh, in the Transformers franchise. Still doing it, right? Still doing it, yeah, yeah. to this day, in, in the in the recent movies. My name is Optimus Prime. He also he voiced Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. Didn't know that. Very tall guy. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I interviewed uh, Peter Cullen once at Comic-Con, but it was a, a roundtable interview. And, I mean, literally, we, we, we were making a podcast called Two Geeks, mm. but I was by far... <laughs> There's nothing quite like Comic-Con to make you feel like you're... James Bond. James Bond. And without being too mean... Yeah. And so I was in a room with these, like, Transformers uber fans. And I love my Transformers. We'll do a Transformers episode. Mm. And Cullen was there, just, like, holding court. And they were like, Mr. Cullen, how did you feel about Megatron's transformation in Beast Wars Season 3 or whatever? And then he was was loving it. And he was like a god to these men. He was like... And he was doing like the Optimus Prime voice, and yeah. he was like, "Well, I thought that was a good twist." And he's like, ah! "I couldn't believe it." This reminds me. Of it was a lovely room to be in. It was. That was that was me. What I said before. It was a lovely room to be in. <laughs> but it reminds me of when, as, as it, we were talking about Arnie as well. Have I ever talked about when I went to the audience with Arnold Schwarzenegger thing? No. He was yeah. doing uh, like a Q and A with uh, Jonathan Ross. Jonathan Ross. Oh, at the uh, the Palladium. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he. There were these like guys who must have come all over the world to be here. Yeah. It's probably quite rare that Arnie does this. And at the end, there was a Q&A, and, and there was only like, you're only going to get 10 chances max to yeah. ask a question. And there was this one guy who put his hands up, and he's holding a framed photo of Arnie that mm. he obviously wants to sign, but he's sort of holding it up like he's going to sign it from <laughs> 100 yards away or whatever. And then he's got one question to ask his hero. He's come all this way to oh, ask Arnie he, a question. Did he, did he, did he, he goes, the ball? um, uh, uh, do you like Bruce Willis? <laughs> and I just I just slowly turn around and go, oh, mate, you've had man. the bravery to put your hand up. But, but I don't have, I'm not brave enough sometimes to do that in front of a big group of people. Yeah. I'd rather just wait, let everyone else do it. Yeah. So you've done that and then you didn't even think of a question or you've forgotten your question. That, it's got to be the latter. It's got to be. And that's your question. He's worked with Bruce and he goes, yeah, I like Bruce. 
What else is he going to say? That guy. And he tried to go. Who else do you like working with? They go most of those sat and just been like, "Got my great, my dynamite question for Arnie. It's going to be something no one's ever asked him before." Honestly, and it just he just went blank. Honestly, he looked so. He just put his hand up, thinking it was going to be a good idea, and then that came out of his mouth. I mean, it could have been worse. At least it was relevant. Yeah. I think at one point Jonathan Ross because someone else then asked a stupid question as well. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Ross was like, "Has anyone got any like oh, actual questions to ask Arnie? We're here, we're here with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No one's asking any proper question." Anyway, anyway, that was a sidebar. <laughs> sidebar, sidebar part two. Mm. So we'll move on to the crew. Oh, uh, Predator was directed by John McTiernan, who what a run! Just a year later, From the law. would go on. To t- well, that no, that was later in his career. Yeah. <laughs> Just a year later, McTiernan would go on to direct Die Hard. It was his first two films? I don't think his first two. Okay. But two in, two a, in row, a row. Yeah. Two of the greatest action movies of all time, in yeah. my opinion. The two greatest ever action movies. And then he followed that up with The Hunt for Red October, which is also pretty yeah. good. And he did Last Action Hero, Die Hard with the Vengeance, Underrated. Thomas Crown Affair. All good films. Sort of. Just let's not talk about Rollerball. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, come on. And that like in a two year period. Predator then Die Hard come on yeah. no, one, no one else has ever done two movies that good <laughs> that's, that's not what I sort of meant to say I sort of trailed off there but I'll, <laughs> I'll stand by that statement no one else has ever done two movies that good he's, uh, he's out of prison now so it's fine it's fine uh, the soundtrack now you should know this I'm going to test, test you the soundtrack was composed by Alan Silvestri who was ah. coming off the huge success of Back to the Future Back to the Future yes. in 1985 yes yeah. it's apt what the next episode of Two Geeks might be. Oh, spoilers, yeah. teasers. <laughs> uh, the creature effects for Predator were devised by Stan Winston, mm. who's like a genius who also did the makeup work for the Terminator series, uh, the first three Jurassic Park films, Aliens, and Edward Scissorhands. Uh, he was a frequent collaborator with James Cameron and won four Academy Awards for his work. The original monster suit was not designed by Winston was vastly different from the final product. It was a disproportionate ungainly creature with large yellow eyes and a dog-like head, and it was nowhere near as agile as later portrayed. Um, Tiernan apparently consulted Winston after production became troubled. So it's like, there's a lot of hurdles at which Predator could have fallen. Yeah. You could have had a, had a monkey with a dog's head. <laughs> and uh, apparently while on a plane... Could have had Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> Even worse, you could have had Jean-Claude Van Damme. But while on a plane ride to Fox Studios alongside Aliens director James Cameron, uh, Winston sketched monster ideas so he's that he's that good he was just like oh we're um, throw this together oh it's one of the most iconic it. monster designs of all time I'm Stan Winston what are you going to do drops <laughs> what are you worried about <laughs> what are you worried about I'm Stan Winston drops a pen like you would drop a mic I'm SW don't worry about it tuning in I got you covered <laughs> what a man monkey with the dog's head don't worry I about it I bet he's manly too <laughs> Stan Winston yeah. now onto the dicey issue of the box office uh, was it hang on let me predict this mm. was it not a success of the box office but it's gone on to become a cult's favourite <laughs> no oh <laughs> no. hang on I'll, I'll hang on to your save that but uh, no uh, so Predator had a budget of a reported budget of <laughs> you know, between 15 and 18 million dollars you know give or take 3 million dollars yeah. no we'll get onto this had a box office of uh, 98.3 million oh, that's so, right. that's well, pretty good ooh, that's, that's a big hit yeah, back then as well that's and, really good and budget to box office ratio yeah, great yeah. however there are rumours John how much does this movie cost uh, 15 to 18 and John's a bit dodgy with his taxes <laughs> so John Mc- I wouldn't yeah. believe anything John says when it comes to money that's all I'm saying <laughs> and so there are rumours because you know they shot in the jungle it had a troubled production that Predator actually cost like 
fucking way more than they ever admitted. It, it, it looks and, more than at, 18 million. And apparently it like secretly broke even in 2004 when they released the DVD and they're like, oh, it actually, we actually made money now. Oh, God. But it's, it's, yeah, so technically it flopped, but officially, yeah. a shit ton of money. Yeah. Reaction-wise, uh, the film was nominated for an Academy Award for visual effects because oh. there are, like, there's, especially the bits where the Predator is cloaked and invisible, mm. still looks good now. Yeah. Still, still holds up. I mean, when you think, yeah. when you think, you know, the film is now, what? 20, 30, 30, 30, 30 years 31 old. years old. But, however, initial critical reaction was mixed. Uh, criticism focused on the thin plot. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about a team of guys being hunted and picked off one by one. It's lean, it's mean, it's all you need. Yeah. Like, no one criticises Halloween for, no. for, for its lean plot. No one goes, what is it? Oh, it's, it's a girl and she's hunted by a guy and stalked by him. What's that, the whole thing? Boring. It's like, no. It's like, you don't need anymore. It really annoys me. But anyway, the New York Times... <laughs> the New York Times described it as grisly and dull, with few surprises. <laughs> Bloody hell. Variety uh, said a slightly above average actioner that tries to compensate for tissue-thin plot with ever more grisly death sequences and impre- impressive special effects. They at least praise the special effects. Uh, the Los Angeles Times proclaimed it arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. God. However, in subsequent years, the film's critical reaction has been more positive <laughs> and it is now widely considered one of the greatest action oh, movies of all time. If you search 1987 films on Google, the first mm. film that comes up is Predator. It's one of the greatest action movies of all time. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about. <laughs> so, that brings us on to uh, sequels and spin-offs. The wider... Predator Universe. Uh, so we start off with uh, Predator Two in nineteen ninety, which oh, was I have not seen this. Re- okay, so it was written again by the Thomas Brothers, uh, directed by Stephen Hopkins, whose previous standout credit was 1989's A Nightmare on Elm Street Five: The Dream Child, <laughs> and who would later direct the Lost in Space movie with Matt LeBlanc. Uh, <laughs> as as double bills go, it's not yeah. quite Predator Die Hard. Uh, this was the first film to be given an NC seventeen rating in the US. For its graphic violence, uh, it had a bigger budget, reported, of 35 million and a box office of 57 million. So, yeah, did, did okay. Mm. Critical reception? Uh, lukewarm at best. No. What's the oh, tagline of the 2 uh, podcast? It was not a success at the box office, but it's gone on to become a, a cult favourite. There we go. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. Oh. The film received negative reviews, but has gone on to earn a cult following. Uh, so, it wasn't a shit film? It didn't go down that well at the time, but it's actually, it's not Predator, ah. but it's, it's Predator 2, it's all right. It landed in the world's most forbidding jungle. It came for the thrill of the hunt. Now, it's coming to a different kind of jungle. You don't know what you're dealing with. This time, it's open season on all of us. Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton. Predator 2. Hunting season opens again this Christmas. That's a good tagline. He's in town with a few days to kill. Very good. Uh, Holiday. (laughs) Yeah, he's just chilling out. Yeah, it's just not that. That is a Predator's holiday. It's like a hunting trip. Uh, So... In 1997, uh, when the film is set, uh, Los Angeles is suffering from both a heat wave and a turf war between heavily armed Colombian and Jamaican drug cartels when a new predator strikes. Danny Glover, 
stars as Lieutenant Mike Harrigan, a maverick LAPD officer. Now, I like Danny Glover, but he was 44 at the time of the film's release, mm. and he, like, bests a predator, more or less, by mm. himself, something that Arnie, like, barely did. My theory is that this is, like, a little baby predator, yeah. little predator in training. A little wetty. <laughs> a, little, like, a little wetty predator. Danny Glover's great, but yeah. he's, I don't call him... I know he's a lethal weapon, but he's not an action star, is he? Well, the kind of the point of him in Lethal Weapon is he's yeah. the guy going, I'm too old for this exactly. shit, and Mel Gibson's the, you know, the... And this was the a rough action weapon. hero. Yeah. Mm. Towards the end of the film, there's a moment where uh, Harrigan is inside uh, the Predator's craft, and we, uh, we briefly glimpse a trophy room with various skulls, including a xenomorph, uh, which was the first on-screen Easter egg confirming that Alien and Predator take place in the same so universe. So just a laugh, though? They didn't, like, At the time, yeah. but as we know, it went on uh, to spawn a couple of movies. We'll get onto that. El Pedia Carrillo reprises her role as yeah. Ana Gonsalves mm, yeah, uh, from the first film. In a cameo appearance, uh, she's seen uh, aiding government agents uh, in a videotape. Anna is the only character to appear in more than one Predator movie. Interesting. I mean, yeah. it's literally like a blink and you'll miss it cameo. She appears on a screen briefly. Oh, okay. but it's so like did, she, did she film it? She yeah, she filmed uh, oh. some some more extensive scenes, but they got cut. But in the final thing, you just see her briefly on a video screen. Uh, Arnie apparently declined to return for the sequel as Dutch, and there's various different sort of disputing stories as to why. Uh, some say he didn't like the script. Some say it was over a pay dispute. Uh, some say that there was a schedule clash with Terminator 2. A novelization of Predator 2 provided a small amount of information regarding the fate of Dutch. Uh, there's, there's talk of him that he was previously hospitalized after the events of Predator and was suffering from radiation sickness, which ties mm-hmm. into that dark fan theory. But that's a novelization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can discount that if you want. Dutch is said to have escaped from the hospital, never to be seen again. Mysterious. Uh, so the Dutch role in Predator 2 was rewritten to become uh, Peter Keys, who's a character played by Gary Busey. Uh, he's a government agent working to capture the Predator. And this le- little bit isn't confirmed on screen, but Busey revealed in an interview at the time that his character set up the last mission, that's a quote, uh, referring to the events of Predator. So he was kind of the guy who, okay. who organised all of that. He's like Dylan's boss, basically. And that uh, Dutch was, I quote, lost uh, nine weeks after the events of the previous film. So we don't know exactly what happened, but the idea is that Dutch kind of went missing, went on the run after the events of Predator, and we don't know what happened to him. Fair enough. Uh, during the 90s, there were treatments written for a third Predator instalment, one titled Predator 3, Deadlier of the Species, uh, chronicled a battle between Dutch and a Predator during a blizzard in New York. Uh, and there was another script that had Dutch and Harrigan from Predator 2 uh, teaming up and being taken to the Predator homeworld. Surprised it just didn't get made. Yeah, it's not very good. Because like, these sort of films back then, they would just always... I mean, it's nothing new, and it's still doing it, but like back then they would always bring out a sequel, like Lightman and Elm Street, Pop every, year, every year. Yeah, even if by that point no one cared anymore. <laughs> Well, interesting, the, the, the idea of going to the Predator homeworld or, or something along those lines was sort of revisited uh, 20 years on with Predators, uh, which came out in 2010 uh, with Robert Rodriguez looking to revive the franchise. With the weirdest casting decision I've ever known. We'll get on to that. So the title, Predators, is an allusion to uh, aliens, obviously. Uh, the film follows an ensemble cast of characters all killers in one form or another, including Royce, a mercenary played by Adrian Brody. Yeah. Now, I know he buffed up for the role. He looked great. Yeah. But it's Adrian Brody, the pianist. <laughs> My thing is, like, he 
He's not Arnie, but he he is as ripped as Adrian Bo- Brody could possibly be. That's what I mean. I mean yeah. like, he did his best. I'm, uh, fine. <laughs> no, nothing against him. It's happened now, Tom. Yeah, just, just an odd. I mean, just think of all the guys that could have had that role. Mm. Adrian Brody is what you landed with. What's the last thing you remember? All of a sudden, there was a light, and then I was falling. I was supposed to be executed two days ago. And I was in combat. So was I. Black Ops. Yakuza. We need to work as a team. Does this look like a team-orientated group of individuals to you? Predators. Okay, you're talking about Brody, but what great cast. So you got Walton Goggins, nice. uh, Danny Trejo, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, and an early role for Mahershala Ali. The film had a budget of $40 million, uh, at a box office of $127 million. So it did, it did pretty well. Uh, debut to mixed, but mostly positive reviews, with most critics considering it the first solid attempt at a sequel uh, to the original Predator. Now, again... Rodriguez had intended to have Schwarzenegger reappear as Dutch in the form of a cameo at the film's end, uh, with Dutch arriving to save the two remaining survivors. Uh, but it didn't transpire because Arnie was unavailable. Because he was, was he still the governor? I think it was the governor phase. See, nowadays he'll turn up to anything. Yeah, it's a shame. Turn up to the opening of, a, of an Aldi yeah. these days. Uh, instead, the film ends with Royce, Adrian Brody's character, and another survivor, the only other survivor, Isabel. Uh, determining to get off the planet knowing that more predators are closing in obviously set up for a sequel that never arrived so that is more or less the end of the core Predator franchise yeah. but anyone why don't you uh, forget something no I don't want to talk about do I, do I have there, to... there were some other, other Predator films no, no, no. alright fine fine uh, in 20, 2004 we had Alien vs Predator which Charts a battle between the Predators and the aliens of Alien in the Antarctic. Finally, the two iconic monsters go head to head. And it it blows. (laughs) So bad. That's what we need to talk about if you want. It's so bad. Well, okay, we're talking about it. So anticipation was obviously high for the film uh, following the successful AVP comic books and video games. You ever play the games? They were were great. (laughs) But the film was torn apart by critics like a chestburster. They tore it apart. Uh, mostly for the dark, poorly edited action sequences. It's like, what's the hook of this film, guys? Aliens fighting predators. Going to show us any of it? No, just so what you, but I was thinking, though, because I, I haven't seen these films. So, oh. what, so what happens? They, they, they just, like, having a fight? Yeah. Yeah, but how... I can't sustain a whole film with that. What did you say this room was called? Sacrificial Chamber. is all here. This whole thing was a trap. They're not hunting us. We're in the middle of a war. They're using us as bait. Oh, it's been a while since I've 
been a while since I've seen it. And, I and there's a sequel, a- AVP2. So, so in 2007, there was a sequel, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, again, don't use that stupid word. It's either that or redemption or renaissance. Not renaissance. That could be Renee vs. Predator Renaissance, where they travel back to Fl- Florence. what I was thinking of. Retaliation. Retaliation. Uh, so Requiem sees a crossbreed Predalien terrorise a city in Colorado. If anything, it earned an even frostier reception. <laughs> got you. Longing for a- AVP1. Uh. <laughs> Longing for the sweet, sweet days of AVP1. Uh, the AVP franchise was abandoned due to the overwhelmingly negative reaction to these two films. Uh, and the latest Alien film, Alien Covenant, which was released yeah. last year, uh, more or less writes the events of both movies out of continuity. Bye, AVP. Bye. So, so, but with Predator, is it still in the same universe? Predator and Alien, you could argue, are still in the same universe as each other because of the Xenomorph no, but skull. I mean, is AVP in... still in the Predator universe? Uh, let's say no. <laughs> let's say no. I'm making an executive decision right now. All right. Makes sense to me. New. <laughs> However, the, uh, the core Predator franchise is looking to relaunch again with another new movie uh, later this year. The Predator. What, you, what do you do when you... Well, all right, because I know these both annoy you. What yeah. would you rather? Would you rather it was called, like, Predator Retaliation? Or would you rather it was called The Predator, like The Wolverine? Or The Batman? The Predator is just about better than Predator Requiem 2. <laughs> Alright, good news for Shane Black, who uh, is oh, writing, he's and, he's writing and directing nice. The Predator, which is an interesting choice. Hawkins is back. I mean, not actually, he's dead. But Shane Black is back. Uh, and this film is going to be set between uh, Predator 2 in 1997 mm. and Predators, oh. which are set in the far, fu- far flung future. Uh, and we'll follow a team of Marines hunting the Predators. Led by. Led by. Now. This guy. Boyd Holbrook. <sighs> now. I'm judging this purely on his face. Right, he does look. He just looks like a generic. He Jai looks, Courtney, yeah. Garrett Headland, run of the mill, shat this one out, is another one, let's get in. He's blonde, he's buff, fuck it. You've got Joel Kinnaman in there. Joel Kinnaman. But, but, you haven't seen Logan still. Oh, is he in Logan? And he's good in Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Good enough to lead a Predator film? No one's Arnie, are they? No one's Arnie. Stop holding him. At least least it's not Jai Courtney. He could easily have been Jai Courtney. It's not Jai Courtney. Let's take solace where we can find it. Uh, So the film stars Boyd Holbrook, uh, Olivia Munn, uh, Keegan-Michael Key. You like Keegan-Michael Key? I do. Uh, Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen's in it. Well, he's obviously going to be like the little scroat. Scroat who gets. <laughs> can we say scroat? Yeah. <laughs> who gets who gets killed like really early on, like horribly by the predator. Yeah. Uh, Sterling K. Brown, he's hot property right now. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski. Ah. Yeah. I'm 24 fame. And uh, and Chuck and uh, and Thomas Jane, who I've always had a soft spot for oh. since Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Uh, he's always so it's a good cast. Um, Jake Busey, Gary Busey's son. Oh wow! He, he was in the second. Gary Busey was yeah. and Jake Busey will play the son of Peter Keys from Predator ah, 2 nice. so Good. Shane Black's my kind of boy he's, he's, he's doing a triple X3 and, yeah. and retroactively linking all the disparate any, sequels together any hit for Arnie come back well Arnie was confirmed to have discussed uh, returning with Black about playing Dutch once more but he turned it down why what? Still doing his shit Terminator film. Let's do this. <laughs> according to Black, we're in another franchise. <laughs> according to Black, it's because the role was too small. Arnie, Arnie wanted a bigger role. Do a Vin Diesel. Do a bit where you come back at the very end, mm. and in the next film we come back. You make a good point with the Terminator thing. Is that 
a part of me really wants Arnie to come back as Dutch see just to, just so we can sort of find out what happened to yeah. him but part of me is like oh what if they ruin it like Terminator it's maybe, gonna be lame, isn't it? maybe it's better that it yeah. stays this perfect wonderful thing and I, it's quite nice that he vanished and no one ever knows what happened well, to him well I'm glad with this film he lives on in, in, our, in our dreams they're, they're doing my rule which is if you're going to keep making these films mm. keep it in the same universe in the same timeline no, you look. You always say you want films to. I, no, I, I, I wish. I wish random filmmakers would just no, do their own take. That's fine. I, what I don't like is when they do a Ghostbusters and totally remake it. Right. And well, so you like that it's a sequel, not a remake. Yes. Right. Um, okay. So either yeah, do your own thing whilst the franchise is still running. So you know, okay. like like they did with Logan. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. Or. Um, if you're going to suddenly do a new Predator film yeah. do it so that it's in the same because even Jumanji the new Jumanji is actually connected it's tied I like that very briefly but it is connected I like right. that so you want either you want direct sequels yeah no remakes no remakes or, or weird random one off weird little offshoot <laughs> movies but only while the while the main franchise yeah. is still going what I want is like if they you must love the X-Men franchise because they're doing all this weird yeah. new mutant shit and yeah. gambit that no one wants as I say I want, what I want is that James Bond thing where they do a random Brosnan film but the, right. the actual franchise is still going that's, what, that's, I mean? that's what this all boils down to I just want Brosnan back you're making it sound like it's some <laughs> grand vision for cinema you're like can I have another Bond film starring Pierce Brosnan? I want that. But that's what the thing is. They, someone could come, It's like the Superman Lives thing. I know that might have been shit, but mm. it's that thing of someone could have a really good idea, but they won't do it because the franchise is running at the moment. Do you know right, what I mean? yeah. They could just make just make a really good one-off film. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You might as well have fucking Justice League and all that kind of shit. The Predator is out <laughs> August 3rd, 2018. Uh, <laughs> desperately trying to pull us back oh, on topic. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if it lives up to the hype. Uh, but... Personally, I'm I'm feeling pretty positive about it. Shane Black's involvement yeah. has me has me feeling positive. Yeah. Well, that is about it for this episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers. Uh, I haven't even gone into the Predator books and comics and video games. There's there's too much, yeah. and we'd be here all night. Uh, but you know, maybe if this episode's popular enough, if our downloads go through the roof, that's something we might look into in future. Maybe explore the little offshoots. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Oh, could we ever do Alien franchise? Well, maybe. We may well do. Yeah. We may well do. Yeah. But if you want more right now, then get to the website, <laughs> which is twogeeks2beers.com, where literally dozens more episodes await you. Uh, they're also on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you do listen via iTunes, rate us yeah, and review please. us. Do it! Do it now! Come on! <laughs> Uh, and also head over to our social channels mm. uh, Facebook Twitter and Instagram at <laughs> Two Geeks Cast not Snapchat not Snapchat. never Snapchat, never Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> that's it I'm done handing over to you again for the yes. next episode so we're staying in the 80s Ooh. and we've just done your favourite film mm. we're doing my well technically my second favourite film but we'll say it's my favourite film best film franchise at least mm. Back to the Future Ooh. so uh it just no no brainer. Why wouldn't you want to tune into that? Continuing the Alan Silvestri thing. Exactly. Silvestri fans, <laughs> watch out for the next episode. Uh, so to play us out, I had to go for this. It's the superb Predator the Musical by Lego Lambs. If you enjoy this, he's done a ton more on YouTube uh, for everything from Commando to Aliens to The Running Man. So that is all for now, but be sure to stick around. Very good. <laughs> Quite proud of that. We
It's using the trees. Watching and waiting, killing us off one by one. The chopper is close, but this thing is too fast. We won't make it, it's pointless to run. Talk, no more games. I don't know what it was. The jungle came alive. Go on. It happened very fast. Not easy to describe. But you must have wounded it. Unless my eyes deceive. When the big man was killed, its blood was on the leaves. If it bleeds, we can kill it. She discovered the key. There is proof we can wound it. So repeat after me. If it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, now take a stand. Here now take a stand. We can bring down this bass. We can bring down this bass. If we stick to the plan. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Something's out there. There at the most, am I the only one who's awake? I don't believe in goblins or ghosts. Fucking listen, give me a break. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Expendable acid. Yeah, now take a stand. I won't come, why don't you? So instead of complaining, bullshit's not gonna you should work. give us a hand. I got nothing better to do. I saw it. I saw it. God damn it, those eyes, they, they disappeared. It cut down my friend and it ran while I emptied that gun. If it bleeds, I can tell it. I saw it, goddammit. Stop shaving, you don't have a beard. That thing will come back, and when it does, I'm gonna have me some fun. If it bleeds, if it bleeds, I'm gonna have me some fun. If it bleeds, if it bleeds, if it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. We can pull out the wind. We can pull out the wind. Set a trap for the monster. Set a trap for the monster. While we still have our skin. While we still have our skin. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Three men out there. I believe it can fall. When you're feeling downhearted, just remember the call. It's all up to me Mud all over my body So the bastard can't see It's a solo campaign if now it bleeds, you can Get revenge for my man Hawkins, Mac and Ramirez Billy, Dylan and Blaine more right now then <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm almost finished uh, we drank less this time as well yeah